listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 275. Welcome to number 275, which uh, finds you joining Andy and I for another big day out. In fact, a big weekend out. We managed to squeeze two days together this time rather than one day. And so uh, Friday afternoon, we managed to drag ourselves away from those terrible things called computers uh, on a glorious, balmy English barbecue summer and drive down to a very wet, <laughs> windy and suitably challenging Wales. Well, it's a classic Bob and Andy weekend, isn't it? You know, we sat in the car and said, where are we going to go? And we didn't know. So it was either mountains or it was the sea. And we decided we fancied the seaside. So we're on the Pembrokeshire coastal path, uh, not far from Strumblehead. Those of you that know it, fantastic. We've managed to just find a flattish piece <laughs> of ground and the wind is not too bad. The weather forecast is very optimistic for tomorrow. It's a British summer barbecue and uh, now forecast, isn't we're it? going to indulge in the great cart ride uh, festival is finding a flat pitch. Well, you see, I've got my secret weapon. I forgot to mention that when we were discussing this a few moments ago. What's that? I've got a Neo Air. So I can, I can lie on virtually anything and be incredibly comfortable. You've got a Neo Air that hasn't been checked for punctures. Not since the challenge. This is true, <laughs> and we are and we are surrounded by gorse However, bushes. Um, um, but this 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 ground looks soft, and it looks as if it's the only bit of ground we've seen for a while that would take stakes without any real difficulty. Well, it's uh, it's certainly been recently vacated by cattle, so you can imagine it's a bit churned up. So it's not exactly perfect, but it's what time is it now anyway? Half seven. So the cattle must be in bed. Or oh yeah, well, they're over there. They're over there. Yes. They're over there. So uh, and there's the fresh water supply over there. Look. I've, I've, I've used my when bushcraft you, skills and found some fresh water. fresh water supply, you mean the cattle thingy? Feeder. Yeah, the cattle trough. Is, does, it has, run, does it have running water Well, in it? it would be if it was empty, there'd be fresh water running into it. But there's enough. I mean, I've got faith in Giles' product. I can, I'm sure we can drink out of that. That will survive. You mean there is not running water flowing into it? Well, it would be, but it's got a it safety valve, so obviously it's full. And That's there's no cattle, so. Right. And it's sort of greenish in colour, but you'll love it. It's all right. It'll add flavour to your supper. If you just go down there, there's a fresh stream. Yes, yes, this is there is and, a fresh stream -ish. and lots of woods because, of course, Bob has made us bring wood burning stoves. <laughs> oh yeah, forced you off. And your in the uh, optimistic view that we'd be cooking this evening on a wood burning stove, we even went into a branch of Tesco Express near the Fishguard Ferry just to see what we could find to cook on our impromptu barbecue. But I don't think this evening somehow. Oh, you have so little faith. I mean, and, and it wasn't me that bought the croissants, and somebody did say they do like the croissants in the morning with coffee. Yeah, well, of course we need a... I mean, the thing about croissants in the morning when you're backpacking with a wood-burning stove is you can get them just nice and warm and just singed on the outside. Very, very nice. Of course, well, there's no jam or there's no <laughs> butter or, you know. You were in Tesco. However, you will be sitting there completely happy with your cappuccino because, <laughs> yes, listeners, Bob has to have his cappuccino in the morning. I like a shot of coffee in the morning, so I've got my cappuccino pack. That was something I picked up from Lee. That's a very clever idea. You've got the croissants. We've got the wood-burning stoves. Hopefully the weather will be, well, it can't be much worse. And uh, there's wood down there, as you say, in that gully we just walked through. There's fresh water down there and dubious water over there. 
What, what else? No cows. What else do we need? And I'd, I have a guess we're not going to see a soul tonight because it's well past dog, dog walking yeah. weather, isn't it? So yeah, it's. Oh, look, there's a little mushroom there. Fantastic! I'm no, breakfast. Is that a bit. edible? Um, using all the skills that I've picked up over the recent years. I think that is. I'll leave you to enjoy that. But I think that's an edible one. I think uh, that's just an ordinary humble field mushroom, albeit a little one. Well, I'm not going to protest for us to be an expert on that one and leave that. Not until no, I've got my I'm, book I've with I've left me. my Hugh Fernley Whittingall book behind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We need, need those. It. Right then, well, I want to, uh, I want to uh, see you uh, experience putting up this uh, new exciting tent of yours, which yes. you admitted you've never slept in, which is called no. what? Let's just inform people what we're it's doing. It's a mountain lowell duo mid uh, pyramid tent. So that's four sides, half the size of a, a hex. Works in the same principle. You stick a walking pole in the middle, peg it out around it. And uh, it came last week, so I put it up a few times, but this is the first, first night time. sleeping in it. Excellent. Fantastic. No doubt we can talk a bit about that later. Sure. Well, I, uh, by comparison, I've got the uh, new 2010 version of the Ecolite Shangri-La. Just happened to arrive in time. <laughs> just happened to, to compare directly, along with the 2010 uh, sleeping quilt, one of the sleeping quilts they're, they're now doing. So that'll be uh, an interesting exercise. So you can see, listeners, this is not just a wild woolly expedition of two old blokes just bumbling off we're actually doing something practical and we're well, helping you and informing you in the process as i always say everybody likes to talk about kit <laughs> right talking of which let's get this stuff sort of, uh, set up and we'll uh, we'll have a chat in a bit blustery and uh, challenging minutes later we're uh, both almost complete I've uh, I've managed to get the uh, the Shangri-La up in uh, perfect lying positions you uh, Andy quite rightly says I do like to be comfortable so I've managed to find a series of divots all in one line Andy on the other hand has been putting up this um, what can only be described as very large handkerchief <laughs> uh, are we sure it's the right way around this time Andy uh, well I have to confess, the problem with this stuff is it looks the same from whichever side, so it did go up inside out first. Well, I was impressed with the speed that you did the uh, the first direction, as it were, but uh, as you uh, noted halfway through, that perhaps it was yeah. incorrect. I think um, big letters in and out, something like that to help that help I talk? Think, I think we probably need a little bit of practice, I think that's all. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a very, f it's unbelievably fine uh, piece of fabric. It's really gossamer thin, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much. Very, very thin and uh, supposedly very strong. <laughs> we shall test that out this evening. Well, I've got room for two in case uh, you have problems. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to peg it out so it's a bit uh, tauter. And, uh, and this is this is Cuban fibre, is that right? It is, it's Cuban fibre and it's difficult fabric to work with. Uh, I know Colin has had some difficulty with Cuban fibre in the past, Colin Ibbotson, but this guy, Juan Bell in the States, Mountain Lowell Designs. I think he really knows what he's doing with it. And, and if you look around it carefully, he uses different weights of Cuban fibre in different places. Uh, instead of stitching straight into it, because it's incredibly tough stuff, but right. it can puncture. So stitching's a problem, but you'll see he uses Cy nylon in the corners there uh, to just reinforce it. Um, the thing I do like about it is the most fragile bit of it, he tells me, is the zip. But he's got this arrangement here where well, basically there's a uh, a buckle there and a prestud and stuff there so 
he says before you open the zip, make sure those are done up. It takes all the pressure off the zip, which is a good idea and it seems to work. Actually, that's very similar to the um, Terranova competition. Is it? They've got a very similar system, yeah. The bottom of the all of the Terranova doors, yeah. uh, they've got a clip that holds it shut like that to, to alleviate the pressure. And also, what they tend to do, which looks like they're doing on here as well, is that when you close the door, you actually don't hold the door, you pull the cord that yeah, is attached yeah. to it to, to take the pressure off it, yeah, which yeah. is understandable. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to leave you um, a fiddling and a faffing to make so your... What are you uh, going to do? Gonna I'm going to go and get some wood, because there's a, a fallen um, uh, tree or something. Oh, uh, shall I go get some water? <laughs> are you going to go to the cattle water? Or are you I'm gonna go not going to go to the cattle water, Bob. You can... I mean, I've got every faith in the gear you sell me, but not that much. <laughs> it does say in the small print, take water from running water. Okay. And when you look at that, you can see why he says Well, that um, running water down there is going to be running off the fields anyway, so... Uh, you know, you've got oh, to... I mean, it'll be, it won't be having any algae in it. It won't be full of pesticides. Oh, absolutely, that, yes. you know? It'll make you strong. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get some wood. Online. On demand. And always available. You're listening to The Outdoors Station. Well, we started with the uh, with the wood burning stove in the in the honey stove, and uh, it uh, gave an enthusiastic start. But sadly, as I suspected at the time, it has been uh, raining fairly heavily, and even though this wood is um, from a fallen um, branch and so on, it is uh, fairly wet. And um, as much as I split it up to to get it going, uh, a little bit more effort and time would be involved. So. Uh, Andy and I have both uh, reverted to Plan B, which is obviously the uh, the joy of these things. Uh, and uh, I've, I've got the uh, Vargo Triad stove uh, beavering away, and you've just lit the uh, the white box. I yep. see. Uh -huh. yeah. Just waiting for it to uh, burst into full flame throwing mode, as it will in a minute. Burn us all down, no doubt. Well, we're sitting to, uh, we're sitting inside the uh, the Shangri La, which is uh, plenty of room for this, and we've got the half hex floor, so uh, we're obviously cooking on the floor with the door wide open for, for ventilation purposes. Um, I'm going to have um, spaghetti bolognese tonight. I've bought some um, some baby bell cheese, and we'll have a little uh, soup song of cheese on the top. And what are you what are you having this evening, oh, Andy? I am having um, Pembrokeshire surplies. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. It was sitting at the bottom of my whoa flamethrower. There it goes. It's sitting at the bottom of my freezer. I thought, okay, that'll do. This is the dangers, of course, when you have a dehydrator and uh, run out of felt-tip pens to write on the plastic bags what the food well, actually is. Or it's a danger if you have a dehydrator, a freezer, and you can't be arsed with, <laughs> <laughs> with pens. One ends up with lots of mystery surprises at the bottom. But then that's what life is Life's like. Life's all about. And, of course, it's um, all... Um, Set off by uh, what a splendid couscous, which of course you can use for anything, and which of course if we were walking for two weeks anywhere, we'd be sick to death of by now. But for one night, it'll do. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, I'm very impressed with your little um, wine platypus. I've uh, seen the hardened drinkers of the challenge use them, but I've not actually sampled one before. Impressive well, stuff. For that, you can have another sip. Here you go. Oh, good man. Yes, I think we're not uh, we're not quite in the soporific mood just yet. I think we will be once um, once the food is uh, is prepared, as as I uh, just indicated. The uh, heat is now applied, and everything is starting to work to warm up. And the white box stove is doing what it does very well, and burning everything else around it in sight. Don't. And you've got to be careful on unstable ground like this to obviously uh, make sure it doesn't fall over. 
which is uh, Andy's trying to do at the moment. Use those pegs, Andy, that are in the end of the ground sheet. Just use that to prop it up. Preparation and planning and all that, and uh, Mr Howell is obviously proving that, uh, giving an example of what happens when you don't do it. Um, so uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back on shortly, I'm sure, once we've uh, the food is warmed and we're um, relaxing, enjoying the sun going down. I think at... that's bad enough. I think we've just avoided um, burning my ground sheet. <laughs> think about think about these white box stoves. Is they come from the states where it can be very dry, and you do wonder <laughs> how many of these big forest fires have been started by people using white box stoves. Oh, they are absolutely. Stunning things, aren't they? The mountains. I mean, it's, the simplicity is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, what I should have done was to put uh, that piece way underneath. Underneath. Well, I actually put something else underneath. I put a bit of pot cosy, but I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think it's really well. Anyway, never mind. These are the the joys of improvisation. Absolutely, absolutely. And you've, got the, you've got the little triad, which is, uh, I think, a very underrated stove. Well, that's uh, half a, um, uh, what's in there, about three, four hundred mil of water, and it's um, almost at the boil, actually. It's quite quite good. Your um, white box is catching up rapidly. Um, thankfully, the ground is very, very wet, so Andy won't be doing very much damage. I'm more concerned about the fact that he's doing it right at the end of my half-hex <laughs> ground sheet, which uh, may be modified yeah, yeah, by the yeah. end of this cooking session. No, I think we've got enough barrier there to just keep it safe. You're listening to the award-winning UK Business Podcaster of the Year. This is the Outdoor Station. So that's some dehydrated spaghetti I've just dropped in there. What do you say? I'd do that with rice. It works very well with rice as well, that technique. Yeah, cook it first and then uh, then dehydrate it, and then it makes it it's a lot faster to rehydrate. Uh, and you can almost do uh, certainly with things like couscous and rice. Oh, couscous, put in anyway. But rice in uh, in a pot cosy. You're having fun there tonight, aren't you? Because well, I haven't used this pot cosy for ages, and it's uh... has it shrunk? I think it might be operator error. <laughs> <laughs> but you're only going to hear me admit to that once now. There we go. That's better. The trouble is with these things, all these different pot cosies and stuff. And this is actually the first time I've been. Solo cooking for 12 months almost um, with with that stove. I've been using, the last few times I've been out, I've just been using a bush buddy, which is obviously, I don't bother with a pot cosy with that, just let it cook. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of these things, isn't it? You, you like to think you can just nip out and go, but really you're much better off if you've sorted out your system, you know where everything is, yeah, yeah. you know what you're using or whatever. However, these little meth stoves never cease to amaze me, just the amount of heat that they belt off. Well, look at this. I mean, I've got... I've, this is boiling away. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, this is... Uh, this triad's going well now. And the triad's the size of a... Uh, what is the size of? It's very it's, small, it's isn't it? A, I think it's a, like a Coke can stove, really. Yeah, I think it's a very, very underrated stove bag. And that's... Um, but it sits inside the honey, honey stove bag with the, the, the honey stove mm. metal. Quite, hang on, just try this. Quite not easily. Very, it's got a very low profile. Hang on. The other nice thing about that stove is that you um, Almost there. Switch, switch it over and you can use it as an Esbit stove, can't you? Mm. Getting the, you've got to get the wind off it, I guess. But um, yeah, it's not a bad little stove that, and it's very difficult to get much lighter than that, I think. No, I think it's elegant. It's like the white box. It's very elegant in its simplicity. Mm. When the, the the white box is. Um, well, you know, when people get them from us, 
they're always, without fail, amazed. They, 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 they look at it and they go, never, and then they light it for the first time. Well, Ro Rose always warns them to care yeah. for their eyebrows. I've, um, well, mine has uh, burnt out now, but uh, I think we'll be eating shortly in that case then. So what do we what do we reckon to the uh, to the new new, te your new tent? Well, it's still standing. I mean, that's always a plus in my view. Mm. Um, let me can I kind of give you my first impressions? Yeah. Um, certainly, uh, the the gossamer look to it, that very uh, white fabric, is uh, I can understand wouldn't appeal to a lot of people. Um, but that that aside. Uh, it just looks like the guys are slightly over-engineered. He's got very, very thick cord on those guys when you could probably get away with one and a half mil Dyneema. It's, um, he's got um, a special kind of line lock on the base tie-outs, um, which means that you can uh, tighten the guy from inside the top, all of them. The problem with it is it doesn't work with 1.5 Dyneema. Which is a bit of a problem. Uh, what the, the actual the, yeah, the, the cleat? You mean? Then? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. So um, one of the things I did when I first set it up in the garden was to use it with line locks, little mini line locks mm. with um, that kind of dynamic cord. Um, but it's one of these things you've got to play with. Um, the other thing you can do is I've got all the base tie-outs um, pegged into the ground now, but um, the corner ones could be um, on a short amount of uh, guy, which which might help it. But you know, this is the first time it's been up in the wind. Has it got um, has it got any bug netting inside it? Actually, it looks inside. No, it doesn't. It's just a it's just a tarp. He does now sell a very very lightweight bug net. Um, I've just bought with it a mountain laurel bivy, which is a uh, very very lightweight. It has a bathtub floor and uh, a water resistant upper, so it's really a bivy designed for use with a tarp. Well, bear in mind I haven't looked inside it yet. Yeah. Um, you, I can see th through the material you've got your pacer pole at a slight angle. If, yeah, the, if the pole is at a vertical angle, is, is there still room to, to, to lay out? Yeah, yeah. if you just offset it a little bit, it just gives you a little bit more space to play with. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, there's enough space in there. And uh, using the mid tie-out points on the sides of the pyramids, um, actually ensures you've got the space inside because obviously it's not quite as big as this hex which is ginormous really Shangri-La please Sh sorry, sorry Shangri-La they do change their branding um, anyway so it's uh, yeah I'm quite happy with it at the moment and uh, you know hopefully tomorrow evening we'll be somewhere where we can play around with pitches a bit more but uh, yeah looks quite robust to me mm, yeah. and what do you think of the, um, the old Shangri-La 3 here the, the new version Lightweight material, feel you've got the material. Yeah, it is light, isn't it? Yeah. It, um, I mean, the thing about this tent is, of course, the you know the, the great thing about this design, which is effectively a teepee design, is that it is very stable. Sheds wind from every direction, really, and you don't have to go and uh, buy some very niche thing from the states like I've done. I mean, these things are now available everywhere, and the, the one thing about them is you probably get the best. I don't know what volume for rate volume for weight ratio that you can in the sense that there's an enormous amount of space in these tents really yeah definitely i think it's, it's very incredibly generous for one i mean it's th this version now i believe is at like 1100 grams mm. um but there's the the improvements or the mo modifications they've done to this from from the previous models which is actually very subtle but very effective you're saying about being stable well they've actually put guy out points now in um all round 
the, the side panels where the joins are, yeah. which means you can bolt it to the ground. Um, but also uh, they've increased the number of vents from two to three at the top there, mm. and also the vent overlap so that the horizontal weather that we get in this country isn't going to come through. But the most impressive thing, the, the thing that I've been asking them to do for ages, and they would appear to have listened on that, is actually they put a J-zip in, a double-ended one. So now, rather than reach to the far corner to open the door, yeah. you can actually undo the zip at the top there and peer out at the weather or ventilate inside. I mean, the only thing about these these kind of tents really is the notion of what you do when it's buggy. Now, I've got my um, my lightweight BB with me, which has got a very effective bug net on it, bug face net. But uh, when you when you put the the bug nest inside, it really ups the weight something uh, very significantly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. It 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 um, it, it uh, doubles the uh, doubles the weight. Um, but I haven't seen the new uh, the new nest for this, so maybe they're using new materials. Um, so we'll uh, sort of hold judgment on that until I actually see it. But uh, in its current state, we've got it now um, with this uh, half floor, which is plenty of space for us to stretch out and cook and whatever else. It's it's quite a sociable tent, certainly, and certainly great to nice to have a sea view. Yeah, well, I think it's there. You just about see it. The <laughs> mist's wafting in, and it's uh, yeah. But I mean, it's. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's lovely to go out for two, three, four weeks long-distance backpacking, but there were some times when just a couple of nights is just what you need, isn't it? And I, and I, I got the sense we both felt a bit like that driving out today. Yeah, we just need to de-stress. I think like a lot of like a lot of people. Uh, yeah, and um, the thing about this this particular stretch of um, Pembrokeshire coast is is very wild, really. Um, we are sitting. Uh, we can't see any habitation around us, just grass and gorse and sea and sky. And, uh, you know, I bet you tomorrow morning we'll have been walking for a fair time before we see anybody. So, And, uh, yeah, where are we heading tomorrow then? There's a, there's a pub, I understand, which is a, a major destination on our route. Well, anybody who knows this area, uh, we started off this evening at Goodwick, which is uh, uh, part of Fishguard, really. It's where the... the ferry to island starts and we climbed up the hill there out onto the headland so we're walking around the headland we're not far from Strumblehead, which is a nice lighthouse and it's an area where i've always seen lots of seals and lots of wildlife it's really good and then we're just going to continue walking around the coast and we should a uh, good day's walk we should get to uh Porthgain, or port gain which is a uh, a lovely little uh, place with a rather stunning little pub in it. Uh, and hopefully the trick is to spot tomorrow night's bivvy just before we descend for the pub so we know what we're doing afterwards. Which, uh, going on tonight's experience, we, we need to do some planning on that score. I, well, we're not quite as slick as we could be, really. Um, it's not quite TGO. We haven't got, got into swing of just yet. We're still, uh, we've still got two feet under the desk, haven't we? Yeah, and of course, I mean, if this was TGO, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this, probably. We would have just dived straight into the tents and, yeah. But this is summer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And a, yeah. a lovely, joyous summer it is, too. Well, it was nice. We had a bit of summer on the TGO Challenge this year, didn't we? And we had a little bit of summer in June. In fact, um, I was out in Shropshire, I don't know, what, three, four weeks ago. Stunning sunshine. Absolutely wonderful weather, camping there on the side of... Uh, the long mind, and I thought, well, maybe we really are in for this lovely long summer. And that was kind of the last of it. Mm. Still, yeah. Anyway, 
we're uh, both pot cozying now, I think, so um, we're we going to stop this to eat. We must be ready to roll, yeah. yeah. With over a million listeners worldwide, the Outdoor Station is the leading online audio resource for those into the great outdoors. Podcasts are based solely around self-powered travel. If you walk, run, cycle, paddle, climb, explore or sail, we want to share your adventure, hear your highs and lows and inspire others to go out and do more. Online, on demand and always available. This is the Outdoor Station. Right, so... I am, uh, yeah, about to try and get into this sleeping quilt. Uh, if I can describe it, it's um, it's uh, open at the bottom with a couple of straps which goes underneath the sleeping mat, which I've now done with a Neo Air. Um, I'm getting into my sleeping sheet, my little silk sheet, sleeping sheet, because uh, that'll also trap the drafts. And I'm just going to see how comfortable it is to slide into. Actually, it isn't bad. Um, so, there's a foot pocket which has got some waterproof material on it. So, in case that gets touches the side. And that feet are in. I'm inside it. Um, what I'm anticipating is obviously being concerned about drafts from the side, but there's actually none which is encouraging um the uh type of night that it is as you can hear has also um encouraged quite a lot of the uh <laughs> slugs to come out and visit which has been a little bit upsetting in uh, in getting things set up and i've got a, a pertex vivi sheet uh, which uh, i've had made for me just as a experiment which i'm just getting out to lay over the top of the sleeping bag should the slugs start to uh, show interest um but uh, is it any different to a normal sleeping bag um slightly slightly i think i need to experience a night's sleep in it and perhaps uh, give a realistic a realistic appraisal in the morning but it's a fairly gusty night um certainly both uh, both tents are uh, enjoying the full force of the wind and um what time is it now it's uh 10 o'clock so um good night everybody good night uh, andy good night bob suggestions why not drop us a line either on facebook or directly to our email address info at the outdoorstation.co.uk the home of uk-based audio and video podcasts for outdoors people everywhere
thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear more from our extensive free library, please visit the website at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. You can now follow The Outdoor Station on Facebook, where we chat about each program we produce, answer questions, and discuss future productions. Why not join us there? This podcast is produced and hosted by theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Thank you.